Fifty Shades ain't got nothing on this poem, I'm telling you. Hi, I'm Annie Muir and this is Time for One Poem. In this episode, I talk to the poet, Nina Mingya Powells, and my poetry sceptic slash expert is Caroline, a nurse who loves going to gigs and running away from her problems. Nina tells me about how living and eating in Shanghai in her early 20s inspired her first collection and a food memoir. Then, me and Caroline look at Nina's poem, Mid-Autumn Moon Festival, 2016, talking about coming of age in more ways than one. Hi Nina, thank you for coming to talk to me about poetry today. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, so since this is a podcast aimed at beginners to poetry, I am starting by asking all my guests, what is a poet and what is your day-to-day life as a poet like? <laughs> um, what is a poet? Well, I had a teacher um, when I was doing my Masters in Creative Writing quite a few years ago who said that maybe we shouldn't call ourselves a poet unless we're in the act of writing a poem. So while you're writing a poem, you are literally a poet and that's when you're a, a poet. <laughs> but maybe outside of that time, maybe it's, you know, maybe we're not poets other than that. I don't know if I agree. I think that's maybe a kind of, um, a bit of a romantic um, idea of what a poet is. But um, but it may seem like quite a useful definition. So if you write poems, you're most definitely a poet. Um, but then poetry to me is also connected to all kinds of other creative um, pursuits. It's even created. It's even related to my love of gardening, my love of cooking, and other visual things. And that's part of who I am as a poet. So when did you first get interested in poetry? I think I first got interested as a teenager, but didn't really understand any of it at all. But I remember I was quite into music and I, and I would listen to lyrics and like write down lyrics. And that to me was, I think, the very much the beginning of appreciating the lyric and appreciating the way words sound um, purely for how they sound rather than uh, the meaning of them necessarily or what they yeah what I'm supposed to understand from them because I think poetry is not really about understanding but just more about feeling so I had a lot of feelings as a teenager so I think that set me up (laughs) to um, appreciate poetry Um, and then I I kind of only started properly reading it um, when I was about 19 or 20 I think Um, and I was studying English literature at university and I still found poetry really hard and I didn't really connect with it until I did a class where we read contemporary poetry for what felt like the first time 
although I might have been introduced to some and just didn't really get it. But a teacher um, showed me poems by Anne Carson that was really memorable. And the way she kind of blows open language in like almost every line or every few lines in her poetry, um, the way she harnesses light and shadow, I think, in her poems, that really blew my mind. And I was like, oh, poetry's a lot more interesting than I realized. <laughs> and yeah, that really set me off. First on an Anne Carson obsession, which still continues, of course, and, and then that, that put me onto other poets as well. That's interesting, yeah. She's a good poet to come across as a, a young person with a lot of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I first came to your writing through Tiny Moons, mm. um, which I really loved. Um, and it's described as a food memoir. What mm. is a food memoir? Mm. Well, I wanted that book to be a diary, really. So it is a kind of food diary. Um, so I think I just really wanted to remember the dishes that I was eating at that time. And so it literally started as a, a way of keeping a record. And then I became interested in the idea of a diary as a, uh, a valid literary form, which it really is. Um, and a, a really fun way of exploring new ways of writing at a time when I was really struggling with poetry. I, I kind of, I wasn't finding a way into poetry. So my approach was just to write about what I was eating <laughs> and <laughs> um, making lots of lists and yeah, going deep into those experiences, which I wanted to infused with as much joy as possible because eating and food is a very complicated thing for me and for many many people so it was about joy and I wanted to trace that through the seasons of a year that I spent living in Shanghai so that's my food memoir I don't know what other people's food memoirs might be like but that's fine well it says it's about when you were living in Shanghai and it says at the back of your collection as well that most of the poems were written in Shanghai. So I was wondering if there was something about that place which sort of inspired you so much to write all these amazing poems and a food memoir while you lived there. Yeah, definitely. I think it was a combination of things. So it's an amazing city. Um, if, yeah, if any listeners have been you'll know that or if you get a chance to go in the future when we can travel again <laughs> but um I partly grew up there um so it's I lived there for a few years when I was a teenager so it's very much that kind of um deeply embedded very vivid kind of adolescent memory place as well as a real place so I think when I went to live there again in my early 20s it was very strange and wonderful but there was that kind of layering of my teenage experience of the city with this kind of renewed 
um, independence, I guess, of living somewhere on my own for the first time, which made for, again, lots of feelings. And so that's how, <laughs> um, that's how there came to be two Shanghai books. Um, I think I always knew that I would write a Shanghai book. I didn't think I would write two, but there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's just a place that's very important to me, and it's not the only place in Magnolia, but it is. Yeah, it's where the book began. Reading Tiny Moons and also a bit of Magnolia is a real sense of like homesickness, and I think what you're saying about how you lived there when you were younger and then going back, you're like homesick for loads of things at once because you're out. You're missing your family, but you're also missing your like old life from when you were there and things like that. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that feels very very accurate as a reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you have a lot of prose style poems mm. in in your poetry collection as well. So I was wondering about the process there. Do a lot of your poems sort of start as prose and then? get melded into poems yeah um I think they do I think I first started as a creative writer I, I first started with prose and with um kind of creative non-fiction and personal essays and so I do feel very much at home in like longer lines and <laughs> paragraphs um so I think quite often I will start with writing something in prose and then, um, yeah, it's like an initial writing exercise, just kind of getting stuff down on the page. And then later there might, there could be quite a um, big cutting, culling away um, to try and see the shape of something on the page. But then with other things, as you know, it might stay as a prose poem. And I'm still not sure about those choices that, that I make when I'm writing, except that maybe it just, maybe it kind of depends how I'm feeling or what I'm reading probably has a big impact on me as a writer. Um, and I know that at the moment, I am finding it a lot easier to write in chunks of prose and long lines, which kind of is still maybe it's sometimes still poems or sometimes it's bits of essays. I don't know. I'm kind of always, <laughs> always uh, in between. But that's okay with poetry, you know. It doesn't have to look, always look like a poem. It, as long as... Yeah. I don't know. If you call it a poem, it's a poem. Yeah? <laughs> That's my favourite thing about poetry, I think, is you can just call something a poem <laughs> and then it is one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a trick, you know. This is a yeah. Poem. It just is. Um, there's a lot of movie references as well in your poems um, as, and including Mulan, like the, the book is sort of named after... Mulan, and she's like a real person, isn't she? I didn't really know that. Um, what what drew you to her as a character? 
Yeah, um, I think I've always been interested in myths and legends, well, particularly when I was little, um, although I'm, I'm more, I'm, I much more grew up with, like, Western myths, like, kind of Greek myths as stories that I kind of came to later know by heart, not so much Mulan, but then um, I was a Disney kid, very much so, and so Mulan is one of those movies that I probably watched on repeat a lot, um, and, and I'm interested in bringing pop culture into poetry, especially things that we things that were childhood obsessions especially I really like reading a poet um kind of writing on things they're obsessed about and so yeah Mulan was was one of those movies for me <laughs> the music and everything um and then I, I kind of much much later read a little bit about the the actual um so it's a poem a long ballad form of a poem that Mulan originally comes from the ballad of Hua Mulan and the fact that her name Mulan means magnolia in Mandarin so that's where the title of the book comes from and also that the flower the magnolia is the official flower of the city of Shanghai and so in a way that that word that flower kind of started to tie things together and yeah I think I'm just I'm very interested in Disney princesses and how pervasive they were when I was growing up <laughs> and so yeah <laughs> I like that you said that you, you want to talk about pop culture because I, I noticed mm -hmm. that in your poems. Um, you talk about a lot of modern things, you know, like, you're like I checked <laughs> on my phone and I Google translated it and you don't see that a lot in poetry. So was that like a, a purposeful thing? But it also mixes with so many natural references as well. Like you obviously talk a lot about nature, but then you're like, I look at the sunrise and then I check my whatsapp <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um i think it it probably is and isn't but i definitely had that same idea when i was just starting to read poetry maybe of like yeah you know we, the poems you study in school are about things like going to war um or gazing at the sky or or things like that I cannot think of other examples but that <laughs> that that covers a lot of poetry um and so I think later to when I started writing and became more and more confident as a writer it just became a bit of a no-brainer I think to include these aspects of my life in my writing pretty much unthinkingly although at first I'm sure actually it's a great question because now when I'm thinking about it I realize that it is quite uh deliberate in that I love to do it as much as I can like <laughs> um putting in 
yeah, I mean, not overdoing it, but, you know, just <laughs> facts about my life, like how much time I spend online, which is at the moment, especially how like so many of us are kind of consuming the outside world or interacting with the outside world is literally through my Instagram account. So <laughs> that that comes into my writing sometimes and um communication with my family and friends so often is just on my phone obviously like like many of us and and they or their messages or or the act of checking my phone just comes into my writing a lot so i think it is a little bit deliberate and i'm definitely not interested in in cutting that out um or saying that you know poetry belongs over here and how I spend my actual day in real life is over here because yeah because I can only write from my own experience and that means it does sometimes mean you know going for walks and going swimming and then sometimes it just means being on social media it's kind of like behind the scenes of a poet <laughs> in a way it's like poets are always yeah. looking for like nice things but then sometimes they just need downtime, poet downtime, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely true. I think also sometimes I'll find something online that will become a poem. Like, because of the way that your various social media platforms tailor content to you, sometimes I get stuff that almost like will just is made for me to to write into a poem like um facts on twitter about something a scientist has discovered about whales um which is very me and so then that will make it into a poem and so yeah it's part of research you really appreciate those algorithms they're really they're doing it just for you yeah <laughs> so anyway I'd love to talk for longer, but I need to tell you that although you're an expert on poetry, clearly, <laughs> um, you're not an expert, I think, on your own poems because you're too close to them. Mm. You, ca you can't see them for what they really are. <laughs> so I'm going to take your poem, Mid-Autumn Moon Festival 2016, to mm. be read by someone else. Mm. Does this scare you? Yeah, it does. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be scared. <laughs> um, so great. Um, so before, I'm going to ask you to read it out, but before I do, I want to say thank you for talking to me today. Thanks so much. It's been really lovely. Mid-Autumn Moon Festival 2016. The city is turning, the trees are turning. We are walking and then swimming through a sea of yellow leaves when Louise stops to bite a perfect persimmon. Her front teeth pierce the skin and she is laughing. I remember my mum cutting persimmons in the sun one afternoon, soft orange bits stuck to her palm. We look up the Chinese name for persimmon on my phone. Shizi. We taste the word. We cut it open, wondering at how it sounds so like the word for lion. Shizi. Lion fruit. 
like a tiny roaring sun, shiny lion fruit. At dusk, we sit outside cutting mooncakes into quarters with a plastic knife, peering at their insides. Candied peanut or purple yam, matcha or red bean. The moon looks like a single scoop of red bean ice cream, but really it's a girl who ate her beloved, then swallowed the sun he gave her as a gift. Oh, there's always so much to be lovesick for when seasons change. Green bird cages and plastic moon goddesses and pink undies hanging up to dry above the street and boys who only text at night. We lick the sugar off our wrists and it's been so long, so long. Hi Caroline. Hiya. <laughs> Thanks for coming to talk to me today. Thank you. Firstly, when someone says the word poetry to you, what is your general reaction? Um, a mixture of meaningful words that um, that can sound beautiful or sad or anything. Yeah, yeah, just meaningful words put together. <laughs> so would you be happy if someone said, here, I'm going to show you a poem? Yes, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be nice. <laughs> okay, great. Well, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> but you told me you haven't read much poetry since school. No. Why do you think that is? Do you not have much poetry like on your shelves at home type thing? Yeah, it's just something that I think you know, it gets forgotten about, I suppose. It's not something that other people talk about. It's just, um, I think it's easier to switch on the TV a lot of the time, isn't it? And to watch a book, uh, to read a book even is that kind of luxury now. So to then look for poetry is even more than that. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, yeah, um, I'm a nurse. Uh, I'm 33. I've got a wee boy uh, at home as well, a wee baby. So, yeah, <laughs> and my life's pretty busy. So I don't really get around to do having any of the luxuries. But when I do, I like to, uh, I like to write things as well. I like to write some poetry as well sometimes. But I don't get around to reading it as much. Well, thank you for making a bit of space to talk to me because that's kind of what this podcast is all about. Sort of taking the time to look at. A poem which is actually doesn't take much time at all but if you've got a really busy schedule it feels like a lot <laughs> okay great um in your spare time when you ever had spare time what did you do to relax <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love to listen to music and I always think that's quite similar to the kind of poetry side of it as well because when I listen to music it's for me it's all about lyrics and it's about what those lyrics um, that somebody has wrote them and that is, to me that's poetry in itself it's just that it's been sung um, so I, I really like to listen to music I like to go to gigs as well so yeah <laughs> that's and running if I can <laughs> running away from my problems <laughs> <laughs> okay and I'm asking this to everyone as well would you consider yourself an expert in anything and it doesn't have to be a big thing it could be like choosing the best wine in Tesco's or something I think I think I've got a good ear for music. I like I know if I hear something kind of straight away, I'm like, oh, I like that, or um, or also writing words as well. I think I'm quite good at that. I'm quite good at being able to articulate my emotions, my words, uh, into kind of poetry or something like that. I, do, I think I'm quite good at that. <laughs> okay, 
great. Perfect. Well, you are our poetry expert today. Oh. So. <laughs> um, so we're gonna look <laughs> we're gonna look at the poem Mid Autumn Moon Festival 2016. Mm-hmm. Quite a, a wordy title. It is. Can you read it out for us? I can. Um, so Mid Autumn Moon Festival 2016. The city is turning, the te- the trees are turning. We are walking and then swimming. Through a sea of yellow leaves, when Louise stops to bite a perfect persimmon, her front teeth pierce the skin and she is laughing. I remember my mum cutting persimmons in the sun one afternoon, soft orange bits stuck to her palm. We look up the Chinese name for persimmon on my phone. We taste the word, we cut it open, wondering at how it sounds, so like the word for lion, lion fruit, like a tiny roaring sun, shiny lion fruit. At dusk, we sit outside cutting mooncakes into quarters with a plastic knife, peering at their insides, candied peanut or purple yam, matcha or red bean. The moon looks like a single scoop of red bean ice cream, but really it's a girl who ate her beloved, then swallowed the sun he gave her as a gift. Oh, there's so so much to be lovesick for when seasons change. Mm-hmm. Green bird cages and plastic moon goddesses and, and pink undies hanging up to dry above the street and boys who only text at night. We lick the sugar off our wrists. It's been so long, so long. Thank you. Beautifully read. Um, so what are your first impressions of this poem? Is there any bits that jump out to you when you read them? I think at first when I read it, it was the very kind of descriptive words that like you can almost taste, I suppose. Um, they're very, I suppose, yeah, just the description of the words and that you do feel like you're tasting it as you're, you're, you're reading it or reading it out or you're speaking the words and um, you can almost taste what she's speaking about. Also, just reading that there the first time, right at the end, it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite romantic and it's quite, it reminds you of sort of being younger and your sort of first... Um, kiss with a boy or your first you know like um, sort of growing up and getting to that stage where you're kind of no longer a girl becoming a woman that what that's what I just kind of got from that right at the end there which is quite nice yeah. <laughs> to take you back there <laughs> a yeah, long time ago. it's nice it is really nice okay I like that we'll we'll run with that idea mm-hmm. of sort of growing up um, mm-hmm. and maybe womanhood um, but let's start by looking at the poem what does it look like for someone who can't see it because they're listening at home. What does it look like? So, I mean, it's it's, it's in two um, phases. I forgot what the <laughs> terminology Call is. it whatever you want. Call it whatever <laughs> there, you there's want. There's two phases. So, yeah, the, fir- the first one is, is yeah, phases. <laughs> it's, very, it's very kind of descriptive. It's giving you the... The, the words like the kind of taste and stuff like that the second one seems to is the first one's went from the girl being I think being younger and she's describing her mum and her memories of being younger and the second one to me is the girl who is now kind of seeing things in a different way not only was it, it the first one's reminding her of oh my mum used to cut this and it reminds me of the, the bit sticking to her hand the second bit is the description of her you know, growing older and the the words and boys and these kinds of words and licking and wrists and, you know, it's um, a lot more sort of romantic and um, uh, suggestive. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like the, the girl's quite young, maybe in the, fir- the first um, phase and in the second phase, she's more aware of other things that are uh, possibilities at that age. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think of it being two different 
ages. But okay. Because I, I was asking what it looks like because it's kind of presented in these two sections, mm-hmm. like two big chunks, isn't it? And it, it kind of makes you, like you did, it makes you sort of look at it as two different yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the idea that she does seem sort of younger in the first one, thinking about her mom and things like that. And then do you think it's the same then? Who do you think Louise is? Because it mentions mm. Louise. I don't know, yeah. What do you think that Louise's relationship is to the speaker? Maybe her big sister or somebody, or somebody that she admires. Um, Yeah, I don't think think it's her. I think it's somebody she's looking up to. Maybe a bigger sister or somebody like that, yeah. I'm not sure, or maybe maybe she is talking about herself, I don't know. (laughs) It seems like it's two people together, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Like friends or Mm -hmm. like maybe a sister, like you said. Yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh, mm-hmm. And then the second one, there's definitely a change in in it, isn't there? Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Have you eaten a persimmon? I haven't, no. <laughs> Do you know um, what they look like? No, I don't. Um, no, I don't. Is it very small? Is it small? Is it really small? I think, I, I, don't, I haven't eaten one either, but I, I think they're quite small. And from the description, I'm imagining that they're kind of orange because like a lion fruit yeah I was thinking I think even though I'm saying I haven't tasted one I feel like I may have by reading this because it's <laughs> so descriptive I actually feel my mouth is watering mm. <laughs> just like, <laughs> reading it <laughs> yeah so and then on the second block mm-hmm. it says at dusk we sit outside cutting mooncakes and do you think that's with Louise as well because Louise doesn't say Louise this time yeah I suppose think it could be yeah. someone else uh-huh I know. I, I hadn't assumed really, I hadn't it was really the thought same. about it. Yeah, I, ha- I hadn't really thought about that. I don't. I don't even know why it's making me think this. I, th- I feel like there's a lot of descriptions of like the reds and uh, purple and yam. Like I don't know. I feel like the descriptions vary. Uh, I don't. I don't like to bring this into things of like coming of age, but I feel like it's it's quite. It describes whether it's me. It just stood out to me like a sort of like her periods and things like that started in womanhood. That's how I mm-hmm. took that from using the first. Um, sentence from that I, I don't know why um just like peering into your and in, insides it was like it felt like it was more than what she's just talking about I felt like it was talking about more than that I don't know if that That's really else takes that from that <laughs> I love that no I I think we should all be talking more about periods right that's okay then I was like I'm going to get barred from this (laughs) for saying the p words no I see that because I think it's like it's the kind of grow up but not only you know you're cutting into the end so it's insides purple yam and it's very red bean I don't know I just feel there's very to me I'm I'm seeing that very I sound like a feminist or something (laughs) like I have to that's a good thing but yeah You had to bring periods into it. I had to bring periods into that. I don't even know why. No, I love that. <laughs> I, I had never, never, ever thought that from looking at this. But yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I see what you're getting at. I really do. Thanks. That's wow. good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, and you're right. It's so like, even, so the food stuff is so visceral and so bodily. Uh, yeah, it's, uh-huh. yeah, I think so. And also in this second one, there's a real change right in the middle, basically, or on the eighth line. And um, this this doesn't really matter and it doesn't really, it's not that important, but it's 14 lines, which means it's a sonnet. Okay, yeah. Um, And usually there's like a change at the eighth line in a sonnet as well. Right. So Mm -hmm. the eighth line is, 
oh, there's always so much to be lovesick for. Mm -hmm. Um, And that feels like such a change in the poem, doesn't it? Because it's suddenly saying, oh, so you're suddenly realising that someone is talking. Yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. And it it just changes it completely. What do you think about the ending there from that bit to so long, so long? It's giving me shivers. It's it's very... (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very sexy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, f- Fifty Shades ain't got nothing on this poem, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think that's, I think that sounds very sexy. Yeah, and without it being, it's, it's not, it's not crude. It's not, I mean, it doesn't, it, like I say, it's not even, like, it's not overly sexual in the way that's written, but for me to read it, you know, the, the words, we lick the sugar off our wrists, like then, then, like you know, the inside of your wrist, how sensitive and tender mm. they are. It's you know, it could say it could have said a, a whole load of things, but I just think it's just such. It's, it's very delicate, but it's also very romantic and sexy, and and it's been so 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 long, so long um, since maybe they felt something like that. I don't know. It's very, it's very personal, isn't it? Um, it's mm. not just she's not if, if she's speaking about a boy. It's not just I, I kissed this boy and I went home with him. It's very it's very I don't know it's just very loving isn't it and very it's very romantic I like it (laughs) Mm, I really like it as well I really like that end I think it's like where the magic sort of happens in that poem it's like like you say it's like um the end of a movie where it sort of fades out yeah yeah uh and you're just sort of left they're like "Mm." (laughs) you're left there like I want more (laughs) when I first had a quick look at this I'd only really read the the first half of it and to read that now on the second half kind of took me by surprise because I was not expecting that from the first half. It's almost sort of two different poems kind of put in together um, in a way because it just is very, it does take a, a complete turn in the poem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It often takes a second a second reading. So you, you read something in the, in the second stanza that gets your mm-hmm. attention and then you have to go back and read the first one again. Mm -hmm, it's quite clever Mm -hmm. how she does that um and and then you just want to read it again and again Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um anyway thank you we've come to a sort of understanding of this poem in a short time and I'm sure other readers will have different interpretations based on their own experiences but I think we've got a good one I do thank you I'm glad you agree panic over (laughs) panic over so how do you feel do you think you'll look at poetry any differently after doing this I think I will definitely look at it um it's something I think it's not cliche but I suppose it's something that people don't you don't really go out many people and go oh yeah I like poetry too it's not something people always have hobbies and that's not one that you tend to hear people say whether they like it or not even if somebody asked me I would very rarely say oh I like poetry it's just not something uh, you think of saying but after reading that yeah yeah no I'm bad I don't know I mean there's just so many different types of poetry isn't there so but no looking at that I'm that's um yeah I I really like it Um, I will print this off and I was uh, I like this (laughs) oh thank you I'm really glad you liked it thank you thank you so much for coming today cheers thank you join the conversation to read the poem in full go to www.time41poem that's with the numbers four and one dot wordpress.com and comment with your own interpretation of the poem This podcast was made using funding from the National Lottery through Creative Scotland. Thanks for listening.